All right, well, welcome on my next guest. We got Marcus Spears, NFL Live co-host, rebranded NFL Live, coming on Monday, August 17th, 4 p.m. Eastern time at ESPN. Marcus, how's everything going? Going great, Zach. Thanks for having me, man. Um, looking forward to this. I'm, I've been making my rounds, and it's been pretty exciting hearing the questions from people. And it yeah. uh, seems like people are pretty excited about NFL Live coming up. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited. Absolutely. I'm glad you're able to have the time. I saw you talking to Sheet on Friday. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, man. We, uh, <laughs> we, we chopped it up for a while, man. It was a, uh, I love that interview. It was enjoyable. I like getting off the, into things outside of sports. So yeah, it's, definitely. Uh, it's definitely uh, one of my highlights when I get a chance to talk about other things. Definitely. That's awesome. So I want, I want to ask you a little bit about your kind of college career. How did you, uh, how did you end up at LSU? Oh man, I'm from Baton Rouge. Um, and I, Honestly, LSU wasn't even on my radar. A lot of guys from Louisiana were going to Florida schools, Texas schools. Um, I don't think people realize Ed Reed is from Louisiana. Peyton Manning is from Louisiana. Uh, Reggie Wayne is from Louisiana. Warwick Dunn, Travis Minor. So a lot of these guys were going to school in Florida. The Miami is the Florida State. So I grew up a Florida State fan because Warwick Dunn went there. And um, so – Later in the game, uh, LSU jumped on when I was in high school when Nick Saban uh, came over from Michigan State. And the rest was history, man. I, I thought they had a great direction in where they were going. A lot of my friends were going to LSU. They had decided I was the last one to commit in my class. Um, so it was, it, was, it was just a match made in heaven. It was a perfect time to go to LSU. Um, and I think, we, I think we changed a lot about – how Louisiana kids looked at LSU. Definitely. What was your first experience like meeting Nick Saban? Oh man, it was on a recruiting uh, recruiting visit. He came to my high school, so I didn't really, to be honest with you, I didn't really know much about Nick Saban. Uh, LSU had a pretty good season his first year. I, w- I was his second year at LSU, so they had a pretty good season um, the first year. But like I said, I still wasn't paying much attention uh, to LSU football at that time, and um, he just had a presence about him, man. That's the thing that I remember. It seemed like he was sure about what he wanted to get accomplished. Um, Jimbo Fisher was along with him oh, on wow. that recruiting visit. So both of those guys kind of, um, I guess they talked me into it, per se. Um, along with, um, I thought he was honest about how uh, the process was going to go as far as being able to play and, and being able to have success at LSU. So, it resonated with me at 17 years old. I saw that they recruited you as a tight end? Yeah. I was the number one tight end in the country coming out of high school. Why'd um, they flip you? I, I don't know. I, I tried <laughs> to figure that out, too, when it first happened. Now, it, obviously, the, the career path was defensive yeah. line. But, yeah. um, you know, it was, it, we had a bunch of seniors at LSU at the time on defense, and some guys were leaving, and – you know, Nick was like, I want to get some athletic big bodies over there on defense to play. So myself and Marquise Hill were both in the same freshman class. Marquise had always been a defensive end. Um, and then when I switched over, I went both ways in high school. So they had tape on me in on defense while I was at Southern University Lab School. Um, so it was a it was a fairly easy transition as far as football wise, but I did not want to do it. I wanted to play tight end and catch touchdowns and uh but when I switched over and I started to enjoy what defense was really all about, it was actually more fun to me to play defense than offense. So I started enjoying it. And then 
uh, tried to get somewhat good at it, and I think I did all right. Yeah, and speaking of catching touchdowns, you did just that in the Sugar Bowl. Did you keep that ball? <laughs> yeah, I still had that ball, good, the good. interception from Jason White, for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. What was that experience like, just that, that big that game? Well, it had been 45 years, man, since LSU had won a national championship. Uh, to play it in New Orleans 45 minutes from where I grew up. And some guys were actually playing five minutes wow. in the Superdome at the time from where they grew up. So it was a, um, it was almost like an out-of-body experience, man. Uh, you didn't really – you didn't really – you know, all of those things, I tell players all the time, you won't really appreciate national championships until 10, 15, 20 years down the road. Uh, when you're in the moment, you're just playing. You're just trying to win a game. And you're trying to make sure that you bring uh, some level of pride to where you're from. Um, and that was the idea that we all had when we played in the national championship. And we were literally like, man, we cannot lose <laughs> a national championship in New Orleans as LSU. Uh, so, you know, we got it done. And uh, it, was, it was amazing. It was an amazing feeling of accomplishment. But it also was very draining. And uh, we all needed a break after that season, man. Just super emotional and uh, was happy it was over. How ecstatic were you for the LSU team this past year? Just an incredible. Oh, amazing. oh man. It's, I think I enjoyed this more than I enjoyed my own. Um, they were so good. And, you know, it was a lot of underdog stories on that team, which I think made it special. Yeah. And a lot of guys that, that ascended in a matter of four to five months during the college football season. And, and to watch them come together as a team, to watch them have some difficulties defensively early in the season and then start to get better and put it together, it was it was what you would want a football season to be, a team continually getting better each week, um, week in and week out. And it was just some it was just a feeling after the Alabama game for me that it was like if if this team is gonna lose, another team is gonna have to score sixty points to beat them. Um and obviously that didn't happen for the rest of the way. That's the best team to ever come through LSU Wow! Um, in the history of the school. If I would have told you this time last year that Joe Burrow would be a national champion, Heisman Trophy winner, and the number one pick in the draft, what would you have said? No, you won't. Um, <laughs> I would have said you were lying. Um, but I also would have said that he's going to be really good because his work ethic and I was able to be around him in the offseason. Oh, cool. um, but but you, you can't predict – those type of things, that type of season for a lot of those guys. I mean, you had Chase winning the Blittenkopf. You had the offensive line winning the Remington Award. Um, just, I mean, it was it was unbelievable uh, what they were able to get accomplished, man. Delphit won the Thorpe Award. It just was one of those years where everything comes together and, um, and they capitalized on it because you still got to close the deal even though you're having a really good season and they closed the deal, man. And then, so as of right now, as disheartening as to say with Big Ten and Pac-12 deciding to postpone, I'm really hoping SEC, ACC, and Big 12 do not. What do you think – are you feeling How are you feeling for these guys that, like, they're ready for their senior season and it might not happen? Oh, yeah, man. It's, so, it's devastating. Um, you know, the guy you just mentioned, Joe Burrow, if he would have had this season, he wouldn't have been drafted, wouldn't have been a first-round pick, wouldn't have been the first pick. Uh, so it's going to have collateral damage for guys that could have had an explosive season and, and ascended themselves into the first round or, or even just being drafted um, from that standpoint. And then you got guys that for the majority of guys, that's never going to play football again. Um, and the thing that I'm concerned with is now that you have seniors 
even though they may keep their eligibility, that still doesn't stop the freshman class from coming in. So then you get into a numbers dilemma in 2021. Uh, so it's a lot of things that are, that are taking a hit, man. Um, and it's it's a double-edged sword because you do it for the 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 idea of health and safety for these guys long term. So um, people are emotional about it. Some people are mad. Some people. I'm more of a. I'm, I've been around the game so long. I learned not to go with the emotional highs and lows of it. Um, and this is an extenuating circumstance, obviously, for everybody in every sector, not just football. So, um, you know, I feel for them, but hopefully they, they realize one day it's in their best interest. And if they do happen to come back and want to play the season they lost, hopefully it's a spot for them I'm to be just, able to compete. Yeah, I'm just hoping in a couple of years you see a bunch of, like, kind of no underdogs come out of the uh, undrafted free agents and be like, hey, where would you play your senior year? He's like, I didn't. I did, yeah. So. And that could be a manifestation of that, man. Uh, the combine has never been more important than it'll be this year. Yeah. That, and I also feel for a lot of these smaller towns that are really going to be taking a hit with no football going on. It's a lot of yeah. – Collateral like, damage, man. I'm from Louisiana. I know how much yeah. Baton Rouge benefits off of Saturdays uh, in Death Valley. Um, the, the local businesses, everything. Just everything that's involved. So, yeah, it's, it's way more deeper – yeah. Uh, than it is, man. And, you know, the the idea is that people have already basically been going through this outside of football. Yeah. Um, businesses have been closed and takeout and delivery carry only at a lot of these restaurants and hotspots. So it's just a tough deal, man. We never thought we'd live in a pandemic. Um, we never thought that we would be in this position, this situation. I think initially, Everybody thought, you know, okay, this will be a, a two and a half, three week thing, and then we'll be back to normal. But we're seeing it was, it was, it was definitely way more serious. Um, and we just have to, we have to figure out a way to get a streamline on how we deal with this, as opposed to all of the different ideas and arguing back and forth. We just got to get a better idea of how to go forward, man. Yeah, it, it, it's science is going to pave the way. There's really no argument about. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's his doc. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm wait. I'm waiting for Fauci to get a statue somewhere. He's gonna get a statue in a couple. I of know, years. man. They, 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 they so, Here's the thing, man. They they have to tell us what to do definitively, and then hopefully people listen. I mean, we'll have the the fools that won't listen, but if the majority of the people follow the instructions, I think we can get out of this thing. As soon as I saw that Walmart was requiring masks, I'm like, all right, get ready because Twitter's yeah. about to be Twitter's it's about to be wild. <laughs> And so I have a question. So your senior year, how did you really just put it all together? Uh, college or high school? College. Oh, man, it was it was easy. I got to be honest. Um, I knew the lay of the land, understood what to do on the field. I was The game was in such slow motion for me at that point. Um, I had great coaches. I had people that supported me. And I knew as long as I didn't get injured, I would be a draft pick. So uh, my senior year was about, about work getting my body in the best condition impossible, um, and having fun, being able to enjoy uh, a senior season. Because I could have left my junior year, um, but I decided to come back and, and do one more with Nick Saban before he left and went to Miami. And a lot of guys that decided to stay, man, and even though we didn't have the type of season we wanted to have my senior year, a lot of guys got a lot of things accomplished individually. And um, it was a it was a blast to play. A senior, I only had two classes uh, every semester. That's not bad. I had a lot of time, a lot <laughs> of time, and uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. That's awesome. What was your draft process like? 
Uh, it was it was it wasn't tedious at all, man. I guess you know one of the fortunate points about knowing where you perceivably gonna go. Um, it's really not that it, it's not that much pressure. Then you get into can I go higher? Uh, that was my thing, and you know went to the Senior Bowl and had a blast. Got a chance to meet Bill Parcells. Oh, cool. Um, who and, and was actually in Dallas when they drafted me. He was the head coach, so had some rapport there. But just all the experiences, man. The um. The the All American teams, the All American awards, the College Football awards, all of that type of stuff, man, was was a blast uh, to be a part of, and um, it was, I mean, it was it was just everything I thought it would be. The draft process was great, uh, leading up to it. Um, the combine, I didn't work out at the combine. I did interviews, um, and really, really just sat um, on draft day and waited for my name to be called. Not feeling a lot of pressure because I, I really had I really believed that I had put all the work I could possibly put in, and then at that point you just let the chips fall where they may. How did you find out you were a Dallas Cowboy? Oh, they called me, man, um, on the other end of the phone. Jerry said, "Hey, man, welcome to Dallas. <laughs> um, you're a Dallas Cowboy." Told me a little bit about the franchise and uh, how honored he was to be able to draft me. And then Bill got on the phone and he said, hey, I need you 310 when you report to camp. And he hung up. Um, wow. And, and that was it. Um, <laughs> and, and then I celebrated with my family. I probably awesome. put on that extra 10 pounds that draft <laughs> day, uh, eating and, and drinking with my family. So we, we, had a, we had a blast, man. And then, you know, obviously played in Dallas for eight years. So the career was wonderful. I have a question. It's my favorite question. What is the most annoying NFC East fan base? Because I have an idea. I'm curious what you think. Philly. Philly. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Everybody says it. It's not yeah. a, everybody. They are they are they are such vile individuals, man. They they don't have they don't have a fan rapport. Uh, when they hate you, they hate your kids. They hate your wife, your mom. Um, they they tell you how bad of a person you are. Not a football player. They tell you how bad of a person you are. But it also is a great environment to play in, man. And I've heard from all of the guys that played there, the support on the other end that they give to that team is, is amazing. So I got, I got, I have a lot of respect for Philly and their fans, man. But it is a brutal place to play when you wear the opposite uniform. <laughs> no, it's, it's well, I went to a game a couple of years ago and they were playing in DC and some guy kept trying to fight me and I was like 10 and this guy's yep. like 35. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's what they do. That's why they got a jail he, he got, under the stadium. Yeah, he could be kicked out and somehow sneaking back in. I'm like, All right, where's in. the usher? Yeah. We got to figure this out. Now, that's yeah, what was it like playing with Demarcus Ware? Amazing. He's the best football player I've ever played with. Wow. Uh, him and him and Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens. Um, but D. Ware was different. He was a different animal. We knew that our rookie year, though. We said he's going he gonna to be a Hall of Famer. He'll be one of the best outside linebackers to ever play the game and a great dude. Um, that's the most important thing to us, man, because we – I mean, we don't get enamored with how good dudes are because we're around them every day. We're seeing it um, like when Tony Romo burst on the scene. We knew Tony was good before America knew he was good because he was doing it in practice. But uh, D-Ware was, was amazing, man. Just I learned so much about pass rush from him. I learned so much about um, just how to go about your business. Uh, he was a consummate professional. Uh, guys gravitated to him. And, and he and I kind of became the leaders on the team out, like our last two or three years before we left and went to other teams. But, uh, yeah, best football player I've ever played with. Wow. Who's the toughest guy you ever had to tackle? Um, man. As far as physically? Yeah. Like, like strong? 
Just an evasive, um, like a guy that you knew you he was going to give you. Oh man, the, the evasive guy was probably uh, was probably Brown Westbrook from Philly. Really interesting. Um, he was so small, you couldn't find him in the pile. Um, and then his his ability to stick his foot in the ground and go um, was 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 on another level. Not the best back, but one of the hardest yeah. to like track down. And then Ladanian was the best back I've ever lined up. Um, across from his ability to see second and third level before linebackers and safeties got to him. Uh, I, I I used to tell him after the game, I was like, bro, you don't even look at the defensive line, do you? He's like, nah, I know where y'all gonna be at. I'm, I'm focused on linebackers and safeties and trying to make them miss. So he was, uh, I had a lot of respect for how he played, man, and uh, just just was was amazing at how he ran the football. What about in terms of quarterbacks? Uh, Rogers, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, interesting. Um, Aaron was, Aaron was so tough that first of all he could beat you with his arm, so it wasn't like you could rush all crazy because he was super athletic. He could evade you, and you and you got to remember, I played Aaron Rodgers when he was in his prime, 25, 24, yeah. 25 years old. So he was, you know, this he's still elite now, but athletically he obviously was better when. Uh, we played. We were in the same draft class. Um, but when he started playing and we saw him in Green Bay, we said, oh, man, this is going to be a problem every time we got to play this dude. So to defend against, he was the hardest because he had everything. He knew where to go with the ball. Um, he was athletic, and he could put the ball anywhere he wanted to. Um, and Peyton was, the, Peyton was the professor. Like, Peyton would dissect you before the play started, and he would know where every defensive player was going to be. Um, Funny story, with my last year in Baltimore, he was in Denver, and that's the uh, season opener. He threw six touchdowns on us. And we went out, our defense coordinator, Dean Pease, uh, I went to the sideline, and me and, me and uh, Terrell Suggs was trying to figure out, man, what is happening? Uh, why we can't get to him? Why he on the back end? So we called Dean, and we said, Dean, what is he doing to us? Because, you know, the D, D coordinator up top, like, Dean, what is he doing to us? Dean said, hey, fellas, good luck. I have no idea. <laughs> that's so that's how good Peyton was, man. And then obviously Tom. Tom was, Tom was just super competitive. You had so much respect for uh, his ability never to be out of a game. Like you knew at some point he was going to make a run. Tom actually played football like basketball. You knew the run was coming. You just didn't know if you were going uh, – if you would – eat enough time for him not to have time to come back and beat you. But he was going to come back and beat you if you had, if he had enough time. My, my hot take about Rogers, I don't know if it's true, but I know he used to be involved with Danica Patrick. And my hot take is that she drove everywhere they went. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> and she, she definitely got caught by that speed camera because they've gotten me multiple times. I know she's going 80. So. Oh, for sure. She probably don't get tickets, though. She yeah. probably got some oh, time no. to get out of tickets. She signs them. She signs them and yeah. gets it to them. No, no and I, so what led to you signing in Baltimore? Uh, Ozzie News, uh general manager, called me. Man, I had so much respect for Ozzie. He was one of the only African-American GMs in the league. Um, and Ozzie wanted myself and Chris Canty to come in and not only play, but mentor a lot of young guys they had drafted on the defensive line. So, uh, that was more of a um, that was more of my 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 vet love as far as the contract, and we played well. I I got released I think ten games into the season, and by that time I was already like I'm retiring anyway. So uh, I had TV on my mind. 
Um, at that point, I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to do. Not TV, radio, actually. Yeah. Uh, had on my mind what I kind of wanted to do already. So it, it was a it was a great time to be in Baltimore. They had won a Super Bowl the previous year. Um, it was great to to play with a lot of guys I had the opportunity to play with. And it was just a fun – I had fun. That was probably the most fun um, outside of my years with Wade Phillips in Dallas that I had playing football because I knew it wasn't, I knew I wasn't going to be there forever. Um, It was a new scenery. It was the East coast. Um, We hung out. I did more uh, with my teammates than I had done in the previous two or three years before I went there. So it was just a good time. It was a good time to play football. And it was kind of like my farewell. Ozzy threw me a bone. It was like, here goes some money. Uh, Here go another couple of years to play. And then when you get done, just ride off in the sunset. I have a question. Did, was Brandon Williams there when you played? He was drafted that year. So, fun, so funny yep. story. So funny story. So I think I think I forget what year it was, but I I went. So my mother's catering company does all the food for the Ravens. I'm from Baltimore. Ah, so, okay. so, so I worked okay. in the kitchen one summer. I I can't forget. I, I don't remember if it was the year after they wanted the following year. And Brandon Williams is the biggest arms I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, yeah. we called him Hawk. <laughs> he was a little Hawk from a from a little small school too, man. And and just he um Brandon has uh, infectious personality, yeah. enthusiasm, and he a hell of a football player. We knew he would turn into a pretty good football player. Chris and I mentored Brandon uh, tremendously uh, through his rookie year uh, because he went through what rookies go through. Um, the whole identity thing, you go from playing to not playing, and veterans know what to do. They know how to go through their days. So we had an opportunity to kind of groom him and shape him a little bit. Um, just little investments here and there. Hey, man, what you got on this? What you going to do in this situation? Um, life is going to come at you. You're going to get a big contract. What you going to do? How you going to set yourself up? So it's fun to see him having so much success, man. But his arms, when he came in, we was like, dude, this <laughs> – this a country boy. You've been lifting cows your whole life, man. Now, I, I used to tell people, I used to say, hey, I beat him in an arm wrestling contest. I said it the whole <laughs> summer. The whole summer I said it. And then my last day before I went back to school, I went up to him and I said, hey, I've been telling people the whole summer I beat you in an arm wrestling contest. And he looks at me dead in the eyes. He goes, let's do it. And I'm like, wait, what? And he goes, <laughs> and he goes, he goes but I want to do it in private. I don't want nobody to see me lose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. That's, that's him. That's yeah, him. That's awesome. So how, how did you get into broadcasting? Uh, just had, I, I majored in communications in college. Oh, cool. Um, and always, I wanted to do radio. That was my hmm. whole, my big thing. Cause I grew up, uh, obviously listening to the local radio, not even sports. I was listening to hip hop radio stations. Oh, cool. I knew the BJs, they were very popular in, uh, these little towns. And then I got into sports talk and then I started seeing Jim Rome making like 10, $15 million a year with his own syndicated radio show. And I'm like, yo, you can do that in radio? And I was like, yeah, that's going to be the path. So ideally, that was I, that's what I wanted to do. When I was playing with the Cowboys on all of my off days, um, on Tuesdays, I had a radio show. Oh, cool. Um, um, on, on those days. So it was Monday nights. I'm sorry. On Monday nights, I had a radio show. And Tuesday was my day off. So it was, uh, it was always in the cards. Um, but honestly, my sister and my wife, pushed me to TV um, and the SEC network was just starting up. And at that inception, man, I was excited. I was like, yeah, I'll do that. That'll be fun. And did two interviews, got the job, um, was on this show called SEC Nation pregame show leading up 
to uh, SEC games, and and it was it just felt natural. It was fun. Um, I wasn't. I've never been a, a overly serious guy anyway. Um, and it was football. I was. Ex- I'm an expert on football. I spent enough hours. Uh, I, I have my ten thousand hours in football to to know what I'm talking about. So it was a. Uh, it was just a natural progression, man. Um, God had a different plan as far as radio. Um, and you know, obviously, like like my whole life is precluded. Women have always knew what I needed to do more than I have. Um, and and here we are, uh, six six years later, and. It's still fun, like the first day I started. How excited are you for NFL Live on Monday? Oh, it's gonna be a blast, man! Like I listen, that it's gonna be the best show on television, <laughs> and I say that on behalf of my colleagues: um, Laura Relish, Dan Orlovsky, Nina Kimes, Keyshawn Johnson, Ryan Clark, um, Adam Schefter is gonna come in and give us the news and all break everything. Diana Rossini. Um, the show is still gonna be supported by the brightest and the best in, in sports. Um, and we just, we are fortunate, man. We feel, cause I, the thing is NFL live was not broken. It was a great show before they decided to revamp. Yeah. Um, but they identified that they had some young talent that was fun, personality driven, um, myself and, and, you know, football centric, um, Dan and Mina are, I can't wait for people to see them. <laughs> um, do their thing as far as breaking down football and breaking down games and film. And Laura has always been the consummate pro and conductor. Uh, that's my sister. We've been together since I started in television. Um, it's going to be unbelievable, man. It's going to be the best show on TV. And I can't wait uh, for people to, to really uh, lock in and start enjoying it. Cause we're going to, we're going to tell you a lot about the league, but we also going to have a, a, a great time doing it. And I can't wait. That's awesome. What, what are your expectations for this season? Um, I'm just looking forward to, you know, obviously the underlying issue will be how do they manage COVID? Um, how does it look going forward when you do have outbreaks? Because you will. Yeah. Um, and then seeing how teams, um, if, if there's a lack of, uh, of good football because of a limited offseason, not being able to go through your normal procedural things before you lead into the season so it'll be a lot man i mean i think people don't people don't realize right now we're not having a preseason like right now we're gearing up for preseason games that's the normal you know normal thing that's going on right now so um hopefully we don't my biggest concern is and i'm glad the nfl and the union decided to do a preliminary like let's get together before oh, absolutely camp yeah um to take care of themselves as far as injuries concerned but I, I still, man, listen, I have so much respect for pro football players. Uh, these dudes know what they're doing for the most part. Um, I feel a little bit paused for rookie quarterbacks um, that, that aren't going to have the opportunities to actually do the, the in-practice um, things and the opportunity to even go practice against other teams during training camp. Um, but to that to that avail, like they've been playing too. So um, we might have some sloppy football to start with. We've had uh, that in D.C. for years. We're used to it. Don't worry. <laughs> but eventually the pros will, will, will surface and, you know, everybody will be fine. Now, yeah, like you were saying, it's supposed to be preseason right now. I was watching Hard Knocks last night. I think it's just a girl on it Zoom now because that, that was just Zoom the whole time. Yeah. Like, it's what, Zoom yeah. and Sean McVay's house. But this has been a ton of fun, man. For people that uh, want to follow you on social media, how can they find you? Yeah, man, I'm M Spears ninety six on uh, Twitter, 
and I'm M Spear ninety six. I think. Let me check that, man. I'm. I don't look at this thing other than when I'm putting a picture on there right quick. Uh, it is. Yeah, I can't. I don't even know where to look for it. Anyway, it's M Spear ninety six. I think on Instagram. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, one of them. Name a tag. Let me see. M Spear ninety six. No S. Singular. <laughs> so uh, yeah. And on on Twitter, it's M Spears with an S on the end. But yeah, man, listen. Um, if people want to follow me, follow me. If not, I'm one of those social media guys like this. Don't expect to come to my page and not have a good time, because that's what it's gonna be. Like I have more posts outside of football. Um, these are my personal pages, so I have a good time. And then I do sprinkle football in and talk about things every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, well, this has been a ton of fun. NFL Live, Monday, August 17th, 4 p.m. Eastern, um, uh, ESPN. Mark, it's been a pleasure. Really appreciate you taking time, man. All right, my man. Best of luck to you, man. Keep doing a good job, man. You, get, you got a future in this game. Hey, appreciate it. Appreciate it.